welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A warm welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on every third Tuesday of the month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and a world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, regrettably are not able to be with us today. However, I'm very pleased to say that uh, ably filling in the during their absence, I would like to welcome two very good friends of Aetherius Radio Live who have also been excellent guests and both of whom are international directors of the Aetherius Society. And that is Mark Bennett at the European Headquarters and Paul Nugent at the European Headquarters. Mark American. will be hosting today's show and, together with Paul, will be discussing a subject which many of us will resonate with personal experience of the 12 blessings so it's my great pleasure to hand over to mark and paul thank you chrissy uh, thank you nikki i should say <laughs> thank you nikki uh, it's uh, it's great to be here standing in for uh, chrissy and great to be talking to paul about this uh, fascinating and of course very important subject which I know is very close to both our hearts. So uh, obviously we can't uh, discuss the, 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 the sort of full range of all the blessings that would be many, many shows, but what Paul and I are going to try and do is just to uh, touch upon how the 12 blessings has affected us personally, how it's affected other people we know, and how it can and will affect anyone who has an open mind and puts just that right amount of effort into really seeing uh, if it works, and if they do, they'll see that it does work, both for themselves uh, and for anyone else who they can introduce to this wonderful cosmic teaching. So maybe we should start with, perhaps, Paul, you could share with us your earliest reminiscences of uh, the 12 blessings and uh, how you found it and what your, you know, whether or not it was something immediate for you or took a bit of time and, and what your experiences were. Sure, I'd love to do that, Mark. Um, but before I do, I want to thank Nikki for that lovely introduction. But I, I, maybe I didn't hear it right, but I think Nikki might have said I was from the European um, headquarters, which, of course, I was. When I found the Ethereum Society, I was indeed with the, at, the Ameri- at the European headquarters but for the last, actually, 30 years. Half my life I have now been here at the American headquarters. But... Yeah, I mean, this was um, back for me. For me, it was in the mid, early to mid 1980s, and when I came across the the, the study and the Twelve Blessings, um, and I have, I was, I was what I like to sort of call ripe fruit. You know, it literally, I just sort of, I was ready to drop from the tree. I, I'd been. Um, attending uh, a church in London, St. Martin's in the Fields, for, for several years. I'd read the four Gospels, which had a very profound effect on me. And so when I came across the Twelve Blessings, having been introduced by a friend, um, uh, a colleague from work, who was a member of the Ethereum Society, I mean, obviously, you know, I had to sort of do a double take. Well, you know, Jesus was 2,000 years ago, the, you know, the, as you say, the, the, the uh, four Gospels. What is this with, you know, the Ethereum Society claiming that Jesus spoke through their founder, Dr. George King, in, in so, 1958? Paul, may, may, I just, yeah. may I just interrupt just to clarify Please. something there? So was the 12 Blessings your first contact with the Ethereum Society? Um, <clears throat> it, was, it was the first thing I... Um, took hold of um you know the initial sort of concept of the ethereum society having been introduced as i say by this colleague was the whole thing to do with 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 you know extraterrestrials ufos which until that point i'd never really ever considered that subject 
Um, but, you know, I, I, I was invited to go to a service. I went to a Sunday service where I heard one of the blessings. And that, it was that that, uh, because of my sort of resonating with Jesus from the Gospels, it was that that um, <clears throat> I sort of took hold of, first of all, you could say, within the Ethereum society. And in terms of my experience with it, what I heard, <clears throat> um, it just, to me, it had the complete hallmark of truth about it. Um, it didn't, there was nothing uh, egotistical, there was nothing, um, shall I say, in any way sinister about it. It was incredibly pure. It was very, very, it was, it was a kind of purity that one doesn't find in this world. And so, you know, I was able to sort of, begin from that point to to accept that yes this could indeed be coming from the master jesus and i really sort of continued from there albeit quite slowly uh, but when i joined on a monday night in the actual practice of the 12 blessings uh, i just felt this incredible power a, a white light flowing out through the palms of my hands and i just remember that uh, it was like rods of steel it was physically difficult to lower my hands was that the um, first time that you'd uh, ever practiced the Twelve Blessings uh, at, a, at a Monday night service? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Um, so it you was, felt was, the power right from the right from the start then of your practice. Yes, I'd I'd listened to, to some of the blessings, um, but I hadn't at that point been to a Monday night service. Had you done and, the, the, the a service of the Twelve Blessings at home? No. No, oh, okay. no. So it was really um, the first time you felt all that power. Yes, it was. Um, and I all, I mean, as you will know, but it, well, back, back then these services were held in the, in the basement of Ethereus House, where, of course, the Twelve Blessings were originally given, and where there is one of the, the holy crosses that we have with all the stones from the 19 mountains. And the whole atmosphere for me, was incredibly intense and incredibly... I mean, I, 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 I can certainly recall, and I mean, I know this is you know, very much my own imagination, but I almost felt the physical presence, even the sight of the Master Jesus down there in that basement. So it was a very, very, very overwhelming, compelling uh, experience. And I have to say that obviously I've, I've never looked back. I've never had... No, cause wow. No, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's really an incredible, uh, well, it sounds incredible, but actually um, not wishing in any way to take away from your story, I think that there are quite a few people in the Ethereum society, um, perhaps even of similar uh, longevity to yourself in the organization, who, who, who would, would say something very similar happened to them, that right. it was pretty immediate. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I have to say, I, I'm, I'm quite, quite, quite uh, filled with admiration for, for those people because that was not the case for me. Uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I was, my first contact with the Ethereum Society, I think my biggest feeling was intense curiosity. Right. I was open-minded, but I was more than anything very, very curious and it took um, quite a while uh, for me to, uh, it was very, very small steps, I think, to, to, from being curious to beginning to believe and then uh, further steps to actually experiencing the power. Uh, the first time well, I Mark, ever did I'm going to stop you. I'm going hmm. to stop you just as you stopped me because I'm curious to know why you were curious. Because a lot of people can come across this and, and they're not even curious. So, so yeah. what was it that made you curious? And also, were you at university at the time? Where, where, no, where were I you was, at what stage was, of life? I, I was at home with my parents. I was 14. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> <laughs> watching it was watching TV. Boy. Yes, good I was heavens. a schoolboy. And how did you come across it? It was a Horizon documentary hmm. uh, about Venus of which uh, most of it was um, uh, scientific thought, conventional scientific thought of that time. It was nine, must have been a 1994 or thereabouts. 
uh, and there was one short segment about uh, the Assyrian Society. In fact, it was exclusively the American headquarters. And I didn't know for quite some time after watching the documentary that the Ethereum Society existed just two hours away from where I was living in London mm. as well. And of course, there was no internet at that time. So trying to find, trying to get information was very difficult. Mm. Um, what, what, what made me curious? I think um, it was a, a, an interview with the, uh, the late uh, Alan Mosley. Mm -hmm. um, uh, who was at the American headquarters, and he came across as very credible to me. Uh, mm. he, he, he seemed quite down-to-earth and rational in his presentation of things that sounded literally out of this world, of course, because the, the, the central claim being made on this documentary was that uh, Jesus, who of course gave the Twelve Blessings through our Master, was from another planet. Uh, right. And this, uh, you know, it sounds very outlandish when you've never heard it before. The more you think about it, actually, the more logical it becomes. Um, so I was struck by that contrast between the ex something, someone apparently who seemed anyway very credible and, and these very, very uh, unfamiliar um, out-of-this-world claims. But I think at a deeper level, I think that's just how my conscious mind was working, I think at a deeper level, um, I'm pretty sure that the Ethereum Society was already kind of in me from before I was born because the Ethereum mm. Society would have been of course very active on the other realms um, in the uh, 70s which was just before I was born um, and I think it's very unlikely that I would have managed to find the society and taken to it as a teenager on this plane and have missed it on the other plane where, according to, 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 to what our master has told us, it, it seems that it is easier to, to appreciate the higher things in life. So, uh, at what point did the, did the Twelve Blessings sort of, where, where did the penny drop? You know, at what point did it sort of really register with you? It was a while. Um, uh, it certainly wasn't the first book I read. And it was actually... Um, a conversation with uh, Christopher Perry, who was working very closely with Richard Lawrence at that time. It, it was that conversation that got me into the Twelve Blessings. Actually, I already had a copy of the book and I'd read it, but I'd read it just like you'd read any book. I hadn't really sort of taken it in. I hadn't even really registered that it was a practice. And Christopher said to me, um, you know, well, you've read it, that's one thing, but what you should be doing is starting to practice it. Mm. Um, when I asked him as, uh, for advice in what I, you know, what I should study next, because, um, uh, you know, his point was it's not enough just to study, of course, unless you put what you study into practice. So I did that, and um, the first time I practiced it, I, I didn't, well, I obviously didn't really know what I was doing, Hmm. And I was, you know, sort of holding the book. And it, it, I, I didn't really, to be honest, feel very much. If I didn't really feel anything, to be honest. So I, I say that mainly so that anyone out there who maybe has a similar experience their first few times doesn't get disheartened and think, oh, why isn't it working for me? It wasn't very long, though, before it really did start working for me. And I really did start feeling the power. I was quite taken aback by it and that was even just on my own at home well <clears throat> that that reminds me of one of my favorite sort of um, ways of describing the 12 blessings and that is uh, um, likening it to Aladdin's lamp and I think that you know if you're familiar with Aladdin's lamp but I mean to, to most people it's just a, it's another book and they've got no interest in it um, for some people it kept, for, there's something about the book that catches their eye and they can see that there is something a little bit, you know, there's something special in it. They're not sure what it is. Um, and then there are those who, who do start to practice it, as you're describing, or, or in terms of Aladdin with his lamp, start polishing it. And they, they discover that there is tremendous power and magic in it. And that, that I think, you know, is, 
I, there's another saying that I have on my altar actually uh, at home, which says it's through the practice that comes realization, and mm. it, you know it is it is when when one allows oneself without any hesitation or reservation to be drawn deeper and deeper and deeper into the mysticism and power of the 12 blessings then out of that one begins at least to uh, but in a very real and very very tangible way um, start to gain some realization as to what this whole cosmos what the whole creation uh is all about and um that that, that it, one has to well i my, my you know the, as one does start practicing it uh, on a regular basis and and as i say take starting to take it seriously as a practice uh as a, beyond the disbelief beyond the skepticism uh, one one f discovers this tremendous authentic truth and power. Yeah, I think uh, just uh, thinking as you were talking, I think we're uh, um, sort of giving maybe uh, any new people listening who aren't familiar with the Twelve Blessings, perhaps, uh, well, hopefully whetting their appetite for this great <laughs> practice. But what we haven't really done yet is uh, explain what it is. Would you like to outline that for us, Paul, just very briefly what it and is, simply. Yeah, as simply and as briefly as I can. Um, well, the, the, the 12 Blessings is, is often described as being a cosmic extension to the Master Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is the Master Jesus who spoke in 1958 on 12 consecutive Sundays through the yogic medium, uh, His Eminence Sir George King, a uh, great yoga master. And in, it, in these 12 blessings, the Master Jesus gives um, 12 separate descriptions, each lasting anywhere, I'd say, from about 8 to possibly 12 minutes in their entirety, of various, either uh, not so much individuals, but but, but uh, well, groups uh, uh, of beings, of, for example, the first blessing is blessed are they who work for peace. So it's, he's, invo he's um, blessing those great beings upon, and I would say even more especially those beyond our world in creation who are agents of peace. Uh, and, it, and it goes on from there um, obviously through, through the wise ones, until it starts in the seventh blessing to take this cosmic shift, which is a blessing to the Mother Earth. And again with a description of the Mother Earth in a way probably that has hardly ever been given, certainly to, I would say to Western civilization. And then from there to the mighty sun and on even further to the galaxy, the supreme lords of creation and the absolute. And at the end of nine of the blessings, Jesus also gives a prayer. And I think all but one of those prayers, the exception being the prayer for the galaxy, are all for the upliftment, inspiration of humanity as a whole. So that in the pr you get the description in the text which the Master Jesus gives, but then in the prayer, uh, it's a way of addressing that agent, if it is the Mother Earth or it is the Mighty Son, uh, you're, you're invoking the energy of that being, of that intelligence, and, and as you send your love and blessing to that intelligence by the very law of karma, that energy will come back to you even in, in, in an enhanced form. And then you, we use that energy in the, going into the prayer to radiate it out, as I say, for the inspiration and upliftment and enlightenment of the whole world. So one gets illumined oneself in the process, but one is as importantly, if not even more importantly, um, sending out this tremendous stream of, of light and, and power and wisdom uh, into the world as a whole. And yeah, uh, you I think, can add I mean, or detract from that as needed. Yeah, it's um, well, talking about sending out the power, um, 
of course, you know, as you've indicated, you, you send out power and then power comes back to you. And right. it's, it's the opposite of a vicious circle. It's, it's a positive <laughs> spiral. Uh, yeah. It says something about our culture that we don't seem to have an, uh, an opposite expression for vicious circle. But that's what it is. There should be a positive spiral, let's say, yeah, or, or some such thing. Well, where come up the, with it, Mark. The more you do, the more comes back to you and then yeah. the more you can do uh, and it's not even just a question of quantity of energy it's a question of quality of energy and a question of how your own consciousness will be risen in this process which will enable you to uh, send out a greater quantity and quality of energy and of course this energy is uh, it's not just some sort of airy fairy imaginary thing that we like to believe in this is something to people who use this energy it's something that is very very real uh it's something you you physically feel that comes back to my initial experience as i say where my arms were like rods of steel absolutely it it was shafts of white light and uh, as I say, I, you know, I can re- recall that it was literally physically difficult to lower my arms after engaging I- I- in this practice. Yeah, I had a, a similar experience. I can't remember if I found it difficult to lower my hands, but I was virtually, it wasn't in any way painful. It, it was quite the, the contrary. It was a very uplifting experience, but I was almost alarmed. I was on one of the holy mountains as charged in Operation Starlight, penny van and um do it some years ago doing the 12 blessings there and it's a bit like how you've described it again it's unfortunate our our culture our language doesn't really have words for this kind of thing because it's experienced all too rarely by people Um, but it was a bit like i I, actually rather than steel i'd say it felt more like my my arms had kind of turned to stone Mm. Um, and yet it wasn't a sort of like a cramp or some kind of passive thing it was it was it was a very dynamic uh, powerful feeling that i've never felt before and and actually although i've had other experiences with the 12 blessings never quite felt that since either which i think raises a point that um it's not a case it's not a case that you just sort of do it and then you can do it and then that's it this is a literally never-ending uh journey through evolution really uh, i mean you, you you can never you're never going to completely know the 12 blessings no because this this well, is a, well certainly not while you're on earth certainly not well, prior Mark, to think, interplanetary to... existence to, the, to that extent, uh, and, and you know, fully agreeing with you, but to, to me, again, another way of describing the 12 blessings or understanding it is that it, it is literally exponential. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the, and, and hopefully we're going to start to dissect it a little bit, but um, in, the, in the 11th blessing, where it describes the, the supreme lords of creation, and it says, these are the gods of the gods. In, to my mind, the gods of the galaxies, the gods of the supreme lords of karma, the gods of the suns, the solar systems, the planets. These are the gods of the gods. It's incredibly elevating. And, but then when you get to the twelfth blessing, which is a blessing to the absolute, not even the supreme lords of all creation, who are the gods of the gods, can do justice to the picturization of the magnificence of gods. So to me, that always, you know, is a way of, it just appears as a, this exponential um, way, way yeah, in I, which I, these blessings take us more and more and more upwards and outwards in a way, I, as you say, that you can never fully fathom. I think, I think you're absolutely right, and, and that reminds me, actually, and I've now just opened the book at this page, at the, in the conclusion uh, of the Twelve Blessings, there's a, a, a transmission from another cosmic intelligence speaking through Dr. George King, uh, uh, with the pseudonym of Mars Sector 6, and he says, You notice, O disciples, that these teachings are not limited Mm. Be ye like them. Limit not yourselves 
but be unlimited. For verily do you take into your world a concept of the infinite, everlasting, timeless reality of the mighty absolute, mm. uh, and so forth. I mean, very, very powerful words, and um, really completely apt for yeah what the 12 blessings does which is right i mean it starts on a high level but it, it, it then just seems to get higher and higher and higher until you are virtually thrust through a a portal that is potentially infinite uh, on that note mark I'm, I'm curious to ask i mean since you and i and and you know thousands of people around the world which would exactly agree with with what we're saying, and have experienced you know much the same thing. Why do you think it is that these blessings are not more fully known and understood and appreciated? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think that well, starting off on a, a very positive note, I am sure they will be. I mean, we've been told that they will be, mm. uh, and I don't doubt it at all. I mean, who would have imagined? 2,000 odd years ago that Christianity would be, you know, sort of become a mainstream religion. It, it was, you know, something probably that most ordinary people, uh, even in that part of the world, might never have even heard of, or if they had heard of it, they didn't think much about it. Right. Um, uh, so I, I think the Twelve Blessings will become uh, far more well-known and far more practiced as time goes on. It, it's very much the work of, um, well, to put it mildly, the work of a spiritual pioneer, uh, in the sense of our master being the channel for it and publishing it and teaching people how to do it. And spiritual pioneers are never recognized in their own time. If they were, they wouldn't really be pioneers, I mm. think. Hopefully they're recognized you know, before they die or sooner rather than later. But the very nature of being, uh, the very nature of anything that is really new, and this is really new in, in terms of its spiritual quality and its power, anything really new is going to not be understood in the beginning. Right. Uh, I mean, it, uh, the, and the, from from the get-go, I mean, you know, the, the mere fact that you know we 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 claim and fully believe in the Ethereum Society that these were given by Jesus in 1958 and that we believe Jesus comes from another world is for most people just too difficult for them to be able to assimilate yeah I, well yes I, I think I think so and I think it's a real question though of uh, our, of logic and detachment which might surprise yeah, some listeners if they're new. Yeah, but you might think, oh, well, they believe this and it sounds nice and they believe it because they want to believe it and it's a little sort of fantasy. It's not like that at all. When you really look at it, you have millions of people around the world who belong to various denominations of Christianity that profess that Jesus was the one and only Son of God who came, uh, was born uh, as the Son of God but was also God at the same time, came 2,000 years ago. Uh, we don't know quite why it was at that time. Uh, to forgive us our sins, we don't really know quite what that means even and why God would require his son to be born and to die for our sins to be forgiven. There are all these very strange things, really, which if you look at them logically, I mean, no disrespect, um, to, to religious other other religious beliefs, but to me uh, personally, I, I just I, I just can't really work it out as a credible logical proposition um, that Jesus is the one and only Son of God who came to Earth uh, at that time uh, for mm -hmm. that reason. Whereas. Uh, if you say to, so if you say you're an ordinary Christian people don't bat an eyelid but if you say yes well I belong to a religion that believes that Jesus came from another planet people might think whoa that sounds far they, they, out they bat both eyelids <laughs> yes indeed and, and the, the only reason though that people would do that is because it's unfamiliar it's not because it makes less sense 
Because actually, I would suggest that the idea that Jesus was a highly advanced intelligence, advanced spiritually and um, in terms of, well, all his capabilities, uh, and that such an intelligence would want to help mankind and would choose to allow or to, to, to enable part of their consciousness to be born uh, on earth among us, to, to teach and to do other things. I mean, this is, okay, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an elevated concept and it's an unfamiliar one to most people, but it, it's, you know, it really is quite logical when you think about it. Well, Mark, I mean, I don't want to get too much off on a tangent and, and, and perhaps we'll come back to looking at some of the lines in the blessings, but uh, as you will well know, and I'm sure as many of our listeners know, uh, the, the pe- later this month, in a few weeks' time, if not less, uh, the Pentagon are due to release classified documents relating to outstanding sightings by military personnel and possibly others of, of extraterrestrial craft. Uh, and this is going to be absolutely sort of mainstream media, something that it's never really been in the past. And... So, you know, humanity is, is, is being awakened to the very real possibility that life, intelligent and extremely advanced life, does live uh, on other worlds besides our own. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what the Pentagon really does end up doing when 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 it comes to well, the crunch. Well, it, it, it's it? pushing the wedge. It's it, it, it's exactly. It may not be. It probably won't be anything like as much as we would like to be revealed or interpreted or whatever else. But it's definitely a step in the. It's 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 preparing the minds, and maybe it's just as much as the human race could take at this moment in time. But another thing, just on that note. Um, uh, it's something that's certainly been doing the rounds on social media, is President Obama has come out and said, you know, it's likely to have an effect on people's religion. In other words, people possibly, I'm paraphrasing, but start to consider religion with an extraterrestrial basis. And um, so, you know, in terms of what you were saying earlier about the 12 blessings, you know, becoming better known, <clears throat> you know, these are all sort of avenues and steps towards people beginning to take things like the 12 blessings far more seriously. Yes, absolutely, Paul. Well, I think uh, on that very important note, I think it's time for our our break where uh, Nikki will um, give us a breather and uh, share some of her announcements. (laughs) Well, that's very well put, Mark. I, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Mark and Paul. I, I thank you for sharing uh, your um, understandings of the 12 blessings. So let us say, you are listening to a series radio live with host Mark Bennett and his guest, Paul Nugent, speaking on personal experience of the 12 blessings. And boy, do we have some personal experiences. They are absolutely Wonderful. Right, so aside from that, we can certainly add to such wonderful experience and spread much needed spiritual light by joining in with these beautiful services of the 12 blessings, both live stream and online at ethereum.org and 12blessings.org, and that is 12 in digits. Good news. Once again, fortunately for the world, we will be blessed by the presence of the shining temple of light, satellite number three, when it comes into orbit of Earth at 12 midnight GMT on Sunday, July 5th, to imbue us with this vital spiritual energy, potentizing all selfless actions by a factor of 3,000 times, and will remain in orbit until August the 5th. We will be welcoming these gods from space with our heartfelt prayers in a special service to mark the first hour of the second spiritual push for 2021. This will be live streamed from the Ethereum Temple in Los Angeles, details of which are on Ethereum.org. And as Paul and Mark have already mentioned, we have more exciting news to come up. On next month's A Serious Radio Live show, July 20th, 
as a result of widely publicized media releases regarding UFOs, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be presenting a UFO special. And as already mentioned, the U.S. government is due to release papers about UFOs to which Richard and Chrissy will be responding during their show in July. So that's it for now. And I'm very pleased to hand you back to Mark and Paul. Well, Paul, maybe we should start um, uh, having a look at the, the text itself. Let's do that. But, I, Mark, I, I was reminded by Nikki in the break uh, that, you know, this is personal experience of the 12 blessings. And um, just one other, you see, from my own experience, so several years ago, I started to, to do every morning would do, I used to do one, and then I started to do two services of the 12 blessings. And because the the first one sort of, is a warm-up for the second one and so it goes wow. on and goes on and um, what I found in t- coming back to just, just to personal experiences is that um, and kind of what you were sort of saying earlier with on, on Penny Fan turning to stone but what I, I found is that my, my, my I needed to put my my, my feet up I need because I f- there was so much power coming out through the the chakras in the palms of my hands that and I felt it was trying to come out of other psychic centers in my oh, body wow. yeah and so uh, what I always do from that day to this is I actually um, I elevate my feet um, and unfortunately there's a sort of resting place where I can where I can rest rest my feet but it's because it's just another way of being able to radiate energy i'm sure to that extent we have psychic centers in the in in the soles of our feet and um so that coming back to personal experience is that um you know the intensification uh of energy that one can feel um you you can you you can find it coming out of uh, other psychic centers subtle psychic centers that, that that we have in the body that is is just, I'm just it was triggered by that thought when Nikki reminded us there in the break of um, personal experiences of the Twelve Blessings. Yeah, well, uh, it, it's it's another example and a, a very interesting one of just how uh, broad the 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 spectrum of experience can be, and mm. it's not. Uh, it's certainly not a, a, a very sort of. Um, uh, precise linear thing where everyone you know will experience this on day one and this on day right. two and this on day two. It's not like that at all. It depends very much on the the personality and no doubt the the karma of the individual. And, and I think, but I think perhaps most of all, just how much effort people put in and what right. kind of effort. Some people might be especially uh, dynamic uh, and a, a real sort of force. And others may be more gentle, and you know there you 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 know there's good there's good in both of those approaches. It's not really so much that one is right and one is wrong. And anyone who's observed, or better still, taken part in Operation Prayer Power, which is a cosmic mission which makes use of some of the twelve blessings, you can see there how different peoples approach is to, to saying these blessings and yeah prayers. i think so long as it's sincere and heartfelt then that, that's that's really, what yeah, is required yeah. sincere yeah. heartfelt and intense in one's own way yeah yes absolutely i mean it's just you know as long as you're not sort of half-hearted about it no, uh, no. then something is is going to happen sooner or later and when i say sooner or later it's not going to be a great deal later this is not something that you have to practice for sort of three hours a day for 10 years before you see any results not at all this is something which well you know again everyone is different so i don't have a precise uh, precise statistics but i mean this is something i think that anyone with an open mind who put a bit of effort into doing a few minutes a day would experience within a matter of weeks 
Uh, I, 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 would I would be I'd amazed. I think the only thing I'd add to that is, mm. is the importance of belief in the process. I mean, and, and Dr. King says this in, yeah. in his own lecture on, on the secret of prayer. I mean, mm. it, I think it, it, it is necessary to have um, a belief in, in God, if you like, some external... Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I think, though, that that belief can be a very open one, particularly in the beginning. I mean, when I started... Even when I started experiencing the power of the blessings, I, I don't know. I mean, belief is a continuum, isn't it? It's not really absolute. Well, usually. they are. It uh, is beyond even the belief of the adepts. I mean, so yes, <laughs> it, it, it. So yes. So I was. I, 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 I mean, I was beginning to believe. Let's say, and I was believing more and more. And no wonder, given the experiences I was having. Um, but it, it wasn't, I think when I really began, I, I was, it was in large part a kind of personal experiment for me. So I believed in God, yes, but I didn't really know what God was. And I wasn't, I was fascinated by the society, uh, the Ethereum society, sim very sympathetic to it. Uh, more so as time went on. But I wouldn't class myself as an absolute believer. So I don't think, yes, you need a kind of belief. I think what you really need is a devotion to truth. If you have an open-minded devotion to truth, even if you don't really quite know what that truth is, then you're going to get yes, some higher force and you want to know more about it and you're open to it, then I think uh, it's, it's guaranteed that something yeah. will happen. So, Mark, what's, what, what's your, the pick of your first um, piece of the text? Well, the, the going blessing by blessing, the, um, I think um, one, well, they're all wonderful lines, but one wonderful line in Blessed Are They Who Work for Peace is this strange world needs the guiding hands of these ones, uh, that's they who work for peace, of course, and they give their hands to the strangers in the wilderness of materialism. And I think it's interesting, we've got the word strange and strangers in that sentence, which I think probably tells us quite a lot about Jesus himself, that to Jesus, and indeed to any uh, sensible uh, interplanetary intelligence, you know, our world is very strange. Sometimes we could even see that ourselves, but it's more difficult because, you know, we're part of it and we're here. But our world is strange. The things that go on on this planet are utterly bizarre, uh, counterproductive, uh, even to our own interests. Uh, never mind thinking in in more cosmic terms, um, and yet, you know, we still these workers for peace give their hands to those people in this strange world who are strangers to them. So it's much more it's a much more spiritual thing than just holding out your hand to a friend, which is very very much more easy. Uh, this is, they're giving their hands to strangers, and these strangers are in the wilderness of materialism. And I think that's a, a wonderful uh, description of the world of materialism. A wilderness, it, in a sense, it's almost um, a paradox, in the sense that the materialistic world, such as a big city where, where you and I are, Paul, Los Angeles and London, they're not wildernesses. They're, in inverted commas, civilization. And yet, by, the, by virtue of, if virtue is the word, by virtue of their uh, materialistic nature, they are, in, in real terms, a wilderness. Yeah, very well put. I mean, I, I outlined the exact same sentence. I outlined two, just in case you picked the one that I had. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, um, I don't think we. I think we might as well alternate. So you do the next blessing because we we yeah. haven't got very long. We don't. We don't. Okay. So going to the next blessing. Um, well, again, uh, thrice thri bless. I like this because it because it is poetic and yet it's very exact. Thrice blessed are the searchers who have found and left. This is the blessing to the wise ones. 
Thrice blessed are the searchers who have found and left and given of their very heart to man so that he may see and seeing know and knowing act and acting become that which he should be. And it's just just, so beautifully and well put. And in a way, it kind of describes the practice of the 12 blessings. Because when we can see them and and understand them and then act upon them, um, then as I said before, then out of that comes a realization such that we should be. And so that's that's what I picked from from the second blessing. Yeah, I think I also take from that line a kind of... um it gives me a kind of a, a hope, in a way, when, when thrice blessed are the searchers. It's like that's, okay, we're not searchers in the sense that we found our path, but we're searching relative to these wise ones who are, you know, great enlightened adepts, it would seem. Um, we're searchers by comparison to them. Uh, and, and, and it's like, you know, this is, okay, well, at least we're on that rung of the ladder, and we too will find uh, this great illumination and leave it, and then we too can be of the, the great service that these wise ones are. Exactly so. Um, so three, Mark. Three. So the one I've picked is... You're, uh, you're the odd fellow, and I'm the even fellow in these numbers. Well, that, that, that sounds perfect, doesn't it, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, I am a Libran, so it would go with being even. Uh, what am I meant to say and I'm odd <laughs> I don't know <laughs> well we'll let the listeners decide that I think yes uh, right number three uh, blessed are they who love theirs is the difficult task of transmutation of the base energies into that state of energy you call love and there you have something that's you know absolutely typical of the cosmic teaching something that is you know, is so beautiful and yet so uh, precise. And I want to say scientific, but that doesn't really do it justice, kind of meta-scientific. So the reason why, or one certainly one key aspect of why they who love are being blessed is because they transmute basic energy. So they take basic energy and they change it into a higher form of energy. So a very... Alchemy indeed, absolutely, which is something that's very close to my heart. Um, A very simple example of this would be that if you eat a meal, you know, you then have energy. You don't collapse with hunger. And with that energy, you could use that energy to help Uh, save life to inspire to do something really positive or uh, let's hope you don't but you could use it to do something really nasty and what you're doing there is if you're doing something good with the energy the basic physical energy from your food you are in effect transmuting it you're putting it onto a higher level you're using something basic and making something greater uh, and let's hope that you know you don't do the reverse but unfortunately that does happen all too often mm. uh, uh, and uh, that really needs to change for um, you know for the new age so number four Paul in number four well what well, I've they one of the two little passages I have here they take upon themselves terrible karma awful responsibility to these ones and yet they murmur not and to me the the the, those last few words and yet they murmur not um it's so opposite to how we tend to be as human beings we look for adulation we look for approval we look for all of these things uh and yet these um planetary ones the fourth blessing blessed are the planetary ones these ones who come from other worlds are the ones who are uh, maintaining our world in such a way that we can continue to exist here in it with a form of sanity, uh, who have taken upon themselves the worst possible tasks, uh, as we know more about in the Ethereum society. 
uh, you know, unbelievable, resp the responsibility of a whole world. And Jesus did the same thing himself when he came, of course, 2,000 years ago. Um, and it, but then, and yet they murmur not. I mean, it, it's, it, it just shows the grace, the completely elevated stature of, of, of such beings, clearly not of our world. Absolutely. Um, it's literally alien, isn't it? It's alien. And they it murmur is. not. They, they don't... They, 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 yeah, mm. enough said. Mm. Number five, Mark. Number five. Um, okay, this is... Uh, Blessed are the thanksgivers, for they turn great tides of energy and direct these towards their objectives. And the very first line is one that I really like, um, particularly. Blessed are they who have expended enough energy themselves so that they may know of the existence of the Devic kingdom and knowing this, live in eternal thanks for its work. So what I, one thing I really like about that sentence is that it reaffirms to us that you know, nothing, there's no such thing as a gift. Uh, people who have spiritual knowledge or realization, better still, or spiritual powers, they have it for a reason. And that's because they have bothered to go out of their way to expend the energy required, which can be very difficult. It means, um, well, pretty much always, probably to some degree on this world, to, to, it means going against the flow. It means, um, you know, potentially being ridiculed, certainly not having the same kind of worldly uh, pleasures and success that perhaps they could otherwise have had. So this is the first thing about these, these thanksgivers. This is people who send the right kind of energy to the forces of nature. The first thing we're told about them is that they, they do this because they've, they've bothered to learn that these forces of nature are indeed, um, you know, real conscious entities and that this is essential work, sending them the right, ki the right kind of power. Uh, absolutely. It makes me think of those you know, such people who, who you know, we, t we say they have a green thumb, but people who are wonderful gardeners, but it's because they, you know, they love... The, their, their plants and everything to do with it and, and they do connect to um, the spirits of those plants very briefly because we have time but you know the, uh, part of my experience was at Findhorn which of course grew up with uh, with people who worked very closely with the divas of the plants and grew phenomenal who lived in appreciation for these ones and grew a phenomenal garden so anyway number six moving right along and this is to blessed are they who heal and um, I'm going to go with a line, it's quite a long, long line or more than one. I say unto you, man, he who in total disregard of universal suffering does search in these days for peace will find it not. For alas, ye are commanded, even now as ye were yesterday, to spread yourselves in sacrificial action throughout your suffering world. And um, that, in a way, is that that's the instruction, the, the, the commandment um, for all of us in, in these days and even in, in previous days um, is not to solely and purposefully find one's own enlightenment um, and by detaching oneself um, from the suffering of the world, but far more valuable is to go out and help relieve that suffering. And through the relief of suffering, uh, one will uh, realize it anyway, a greater enlightenment. Um, because ultimately, it, there, it, it, it is not about selfishness. It's about complete selflessness. And the, the um, everything is an aspect of God. So the more we go out and help others, um, by the same token, it is also helping ourselves. Yeah, it's an absolute key tenet of King Yoga, uh, the, you know, the teachings of the Aetherius Society, isn't it? Um, as is, uh, moving on to the next blessing, blessed is the Mother Earth. 
This is, I think, to me anyway, this is one of the most devastating blessings. Now, of course, cosmic masters aren't uh, rude or aggressive, uh, but they they are direct, and mm. the the message is. Um, I'm sure it's put. Well, I'm sure it's put in the exact right way for us to appreciate it in the best possible way. But one example of the, you know, the. I mean, it's a combination of you know that the Master Jesus's great reverence uh, for this great being and true understanding of her genuine spiritual stature, which we don't have. Mm. On the one hand, and you know, frankly. You know, the fact that, you know, we're pretty, pretty inadequate, and that's putting it mildly, uh, to live here. And, you know, it's a short little sentence, but it's, um, if you take it in, it's quite a wake-up call when the Master Jesus says, she has not as yet demanded that you change or leave. And I knew you were going to go for that line. (laughs) Uh, and I did the same, and I and I think we, the it last very, very one was well. the same that we picked as well. Actually, so yeah. we're obviously in tune on this. Form. Yeah, well, well, and it t- ties in the complete another subject, which we won't dwell upon at all. But the coming of the next master, um, you know, will basically offer the same ultimatum: either you're ready here, or you will need to be reborn on another younger world. Yeah, and I think we should just explain to the newer listeners, this isn't some kind of horrible you know, threat or punishment. This is simply because um, the Mother Earth's vibrations will be increasing to the point where those who are not uh, sufficiently spiritually advanced just won't be able physically uh, or psychically to withstand these vibrations. So, you know, as ever with the Cosmic Masters, there's no kind of anger, vengeance, uh, punishment. It's nothing like that. It's a simple, you know, pragmatic fact that she has to advance. She's kept her evolution in abeyance for so long um, for our sakes. Uh, She's sacrificed her evolution so that we can live here. But she's not allowed by karmic law uh, by you know by the cosmic law uh, to do that indefinitely. So this is why you know we're reminded here that she could have asked us. I said you either get spiritual or you're gone. Uh, I'm sorry to put that rather rather crassly, but that's the long and short of it. She has not made that demand um, because of her phenomenal, literally incomprehensible compassion and willingness to sacrifice herself on our behalf, as it would seem she will continue to do uh, to the absolute you know, last moment that she's allowed to by karmic law. Mark, I'm not sure, um, little concern for time. I think uh, that might be a good time. We're never going to get to the end. So maybe well, another look, time when you are and I are on, we can continue. But I think we should probably hand over to Nikki now for her Well, uh, but, but before we do, before we do, because there's enough time to say, you mentioned mm. earlier on um, the, the Operation Prayer Power, where we use, as you rightly said, some of the blessings. And it's actually the first through the seventh blessing. So we've done that. That, uh, in our little session today. Oh well, yes, um, that's a good point. Thank you, Paul. The, the, the first through the seventh, as as we do in Operation Prayer Power. Absolutely, no doubt, all by design. There you go. Okay, over to Nikki. Thank you, Paul, uh, and all the very best. Thank you, Mark, and Nikki. Well, well, I tell you, thank you so much to you, Mark, and Paul. That was a really, truly fascinating show. And I think, in a way, you may have ended a bit back too early because, wow, the information you were coming out with was so amazing. And I do believe that those who are listening to A Serious Radio Live will thank you both for that enlightening and inspiring, what I would call inspiring, Um, revelations and it just goes to show how brilliant the 12 blessings are they really are I mean I hope I 
don't don't mind you sharing, but when I first came came across the society, and we we just well, me and my mum, we just used to love doing the twelve blessings in the woods. It was fantastic, and uh, she was called was Betty brilliant. Wood. So, yes, she was actually, Mark. Yes, and we loved it. We love we loved going to the woods, and we used to do that twelve blessing service, and it was just absolutely magical. And I thank you both for your insights to the twelve blessings. Thank so, you, Nikki. Without for <laughs> so without further ado, please do not miss the next ARL show on July the 20th, a UFO special, when your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be responding to the much-awaited U.S. government release of papers regarding UFOs. My, watch this space. And please, 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 do tune in. It, we are so privileged to be blessed by the presence of the Shining Temple of Light, Satellite Number 3. So please do tune in to the service, which is going to be live-streamed the first hour of the second spiritual push for 2021. And this will be live-streamed from the Ethereum Temple in Los Angeles, details of which are on Ethereum.org. Well, I re now you can connect with Mark through his website, markinfo.co.uk, and you can connect with Paul through Ethereus.org. And any information you would like to find out regarding the facts mentioned in the show, please visit Ethereus.org. We really hope you enjoyed the show, and thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to your company next month. All the very best. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki.